Good morning, Journey. Man, thank you so much for probably parking a little further away today than you normally do or parking in a different spot than you normally do. Nothing like crashing your iPad on the floor right before you start preaching, but it, it still works, so I'll remember what I'm saying, which is good. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today. I'll try not to drop this Bible as we go. And we are, we are in the midst of a sermon series. It has to be one of my favorite sermon series of all time. And there is no question that this sermon series, as a, as a Christian who studies to teach, remember, I'm a Christian before I'm a, a pastor, so I am, I'm trying to learn this stuff for me, not just so that I can teach it to you. I don't know that I have ever been more impacted by five weeks of study and learning and application and sermons than I have for this series. And I, I don't know that, I've ever, that there's ever been a time in our church where literally I cannot wait for the next week so I can get up and preach on Sunday morning. I mean, since Tuesday afternoon, when I first began to really put the wraps on this message, I have not been able to wait to get here to preach. I went to bed last night, not worried about what time I had to get up, but excited for the alarm clock to go off so I could come and share with you today what I've been learning in Matthew chapter 6 because what I have been learning is life transforming truth. And if God can help you hear and understand what he has taught me in Matthew chapter 6 the way that I have understood it, I believe today has an opportunity to be a life-transforming day for you. So we're in Matthew chapter 6. If you want to turn there in your Bible or on your phone or on your tablet, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers are always around. They've got Bibles you can use. They've got Bibles you can have. So just wave at them if you want a Bible. Uh, I did a, a funeral on Wednesday night of a young dad in our church who lost his life um, the week before, or actually on Monday night. Um, and as we got done with the funeral on Monday evening, they had a verse on the back of his funeral program that was a verse on just being peaceful and being able to go to sleep and lying down. And it was really an unbelievable verse. And I, as I was talking to the parents after I got done doing the service, which really honored this young man and his faith well, um, I asked them where they got the verse. And they said, you know, we, we were looking for something that would speak to us. We were looking for a verse that would be his. And they said, we'd all been going through our Bibles. We couldn't find anything. So we went into his room and they said there lay his JCI Bible that they gave him for free at church. And they said it had been worn well in the verse that it was open to, the page it was open to, had that verse. I've never been more happy as a pastor that we hand out Bibles than I was in that moment to think that God's word had been comforting a very hurting young man and a very hurting family because we walk down the aisles and pass out the Bible. So ushers, I know you might get annoyed Sunday after Sunday walking around and holding up Bibles, but it is making a difference. Thank you so much. Matthew chapter 6 says this. It's the same text we read last week as we today cover the subject of how to overcome anxiety. Matthew 6, 25 says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear is not life. More than food and the body, more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, last week, I just briefly gave you the background context for worry and why Jesus is teaching on worry, and I want to give that to you again. So if you haven't yet, make sure you reach inside your bulletin and pull out your sermon notes so you can follow along today. But in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus begins his earthly ministry. It will be three years of preaching and teaching, but he begins it with Matthew 4, 17 and Matthew 4, 19. When you combine those verses together, the opening statement that Jesus made to the world was you need to change your life and become more like me. You need to change your life and become more like me. And I think Jesus was saying, if you'll watch me the next three years, you'll understand what I'm saying. And if you listen to me the next three years, you'll understand what I'm saying. But the next three chapters would be a summary of what Jesus' ministry was going to be the next 36 months, how to, how to change your life to become more like Jesus. And it's so interesting. I don't know that I've ever gotten more feedback from a single sermon than I did last week. The text, the emails, the phone calls, the conversations, the talks on the sidewalk about people who said, I really, really, really needed this series on worry, on anxiety, on stress, because I'm, I'm living in a world where this is eating me up. I've, I find it odd that we, we are two and a half years into our church, just pastorally, and I haven't taught anything yet on stress and worry when Jesus can't get more than a chapter into his teaching and he's already teaching on it. Clearly, Jesus knew that worry was a bigger problem than sometimes we understand it to be because it was one of the very first things he talked about in his ministry. And the thought that Jesus had is Jesus says, you need to change your life, become more like me, which means you need to worry less. Because the less you worry, the more like Jesus you'll become. Now, we said last week that worry is an old English term that means strangling or choking the life from. And we said we live in a world that is strangling and choking the life out of our future, out of our joy, out of our contentment, out of our finances, out of our marriage, out of our parenting and our kids and our jobs. We, we are living a life that we, that we sometimes feel like we can barely breathe in, that we're just trying to endure because we live with so much worry and anxiety. And I said last week, and I want you to do this again, because I heard several people say, my husband and I, every day we've been look, getting up and saying to each other, stop worrying so much. So turn to the person you came with and just say, stop worrying so much. Just right now, turn to the person you came with and say, stop worrying so much. Now, I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to say to yourself, self, stop worrying so much. Because Jesus wants you and he wants me to worry less. As a matter of fact, he doesn't want us to worry at all, according to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Jesus says three times in this text, don't worry. Don't worry. He actually said at one point, don't worry about your life. And then at another point, he said, don't worry about anything. Don't worry. Turn to your neighbor one more time say, don't worry. If you can remember those two words for the rest of your life, you're going to be ahead of the game. Now, here's what we learned last week. Jesus taught us that it's the pursuits in our life beyond our basic needs that can cause worry. And when we really begin to run after things beyond just the basic nuts and bolts of, of what we have, it can cause worry. Now, it doesn't have to, but it has the capacity to. And Jesus taught us last week that the answer to worry is worship. Because worry and worship use the exact same brain function. You focus on something and think about it over and over and over and over again. And it's actually impossible to worry and worship 
at the exact same time. Because you have to use the same mental function to do them. You focus on something and think about it over and over and over again. When we think about the things that are unknown, we worry. When we think about God who we know and who hopefully we're going to learn today we believe can take care of us, we worship and we don't worry so much about the things in our life. So Jesus said, you've got all these things in your life. And he said, you need to pursue all these things in your life. He said, just put God first. Pursue all the things in your, all the things in your life that have the ability to cause you worry. They're not necessarily bad things. Jesus didn't say don't ever eat. He just said don't worry about eating. He didn't say don't, don't get dressed. He just said don't worry about getting dressed. He didn't say don't worry about what the future holds. Or he didn't say the future's not important. He just said don't worry about the future. Jesus said all these things that you got going on in your life, they're all important. They're all probably viable. They're all valuable. But don't worry about them. Because if you can focus on me and put me first, you're going to build this trust relationship that all those things are going to be taken care of. And you're going you're to be pursuing the same things, but you're going to be doing it all without worry and without anxiety. And that's what we want to learn. If you weren't here last week, in the NIV, we read the word worry six times in Matthew chapter 6. The, the more correct word is, is not worry, it's anxiety or anxious. And we said this, worry is a process of thought. Worry is something you think about. Anxiety is something you are. So Jesus says, I don't want you to live with anxiety. Every now and then you're going to think about stuff that you're going to have to wonder how it's going to happen. But I don't want you living with anxiety. I don't want you to live worried. So Jesus talks to us about how not to live worried, how to overcome anxiety. And he talks to us about it in Matthew chapter 6 and in Matthew chapter 7. And my goal today is, is to turn your focus towards what Jesus teaches. So hopefully all of us in what we call last week this run after generation, so busy pursuing things, can pursue those things without tremendous anxiety. Number one, Jesus says if you want to overcome anxiety, you're going to have to begin to focus on the character of God. You're going to have to focus on the character of God because if you pursue all these things and you're uncertain about the character of God, it's not going to help you overcome the anxiety in your life. Now let me tell you what I, what I mean by this. Because in Matthew chapter 6, verse 32... And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus talks to us about the character of God. And here's what he says in verse 32 about the things that we're pursuing. He said, you have to understand your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You have to understand his character. He is aware of your needs. In Matthew 6, 33, Jesus 